Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Guys, listen, we have a, we have a really special guest who's speaking this morning. When we have Mission Sunday, we really want to bring someone in who, who embodies the heart of mission. And, uh, and our guest today, she is she's amazing. She's one of my heroes. Um, I've been getting to know her over the last few years, several years, and meeting with her and grabbing coffee and our team meeting with her and, and just getting to know her heart. But I want to just, just share with you just some things that God's using her to do. And once you hear her, you're going to know this girl doesn't need any caffeine. She is pretty hype. That's just how she is. And uh, I think if you were to dunk her in water, she'd be about 97 pounds soaking wet. But uh, she may be little on the outside, but she is not little on the inside. This woman has some authority. And so I just want to read you just a few things that she's doing. She's a founder and director of Tell Ministries, providing education and discipleship, some of the most needy and unreached areas of the world, which you'll hear about today. She, uh, she's a catalyst, and she has been strategic in raising up Native-led movements in unreached nations, resulting in over 700,000 salvations. Come on, you can do better than that. That's awesome. God's used her and her organization that she founded to plant um, over 23,000 churches throughout northern India. She's initiated and guided and started native-led schools, children homes, um, informal education centers, vocation institutions, provides education, nourishment, anti-trafficking awareness, and skills and training to thousands of needy children and youth annually. And it's an honor to have her speaking. She's going to challenge you. She's going to, uh, she's going to tell some stories. I've asked her to share her story, and so she's going to be doing that today. She is unique, and she is powerful. And can we just welcome Leanna Cinquenta to speak to us today? Bless you, Leanna. Bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, when I went to northern India in 1996, the first, one of my first experiences was going into a remote village with a native pastor. And we went up to the home of the village chief. And even the chief of that village was living in a little hovel of a, a couple of rooms of rust, rough uh, 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 bricks that were just held together with, with mud for mortar. Everyone else in the village was living in a mud hut. And as we were welcomed to his home and we were seated on a bed that was made out of um, bamboo and, and string kind of tied together that was sagging, that was the only chair available, we were given a uh, cup of water in a tin cup that had been, uh, water had been dipped out of an open well and which had things floating in it and we were expected to drink uh, this water. This is the situation of the villages in remote areas of northern India, um, bloated-bellied children with skinny arms, malnourished, playing in the dirt with the dogs, and very little health and hygiene. But we were welcomed into this village, and as we sat talking with the village chief, it came to the time when the native pastor asked him a question, and he said to the village chief, do you know Jesus? Jesus. 
And the man thought a moment. He got kind of a funny look on his face, and he said, well, I never heard of that name before. Nobody by that name lives in my village. Try down the road. Maybe you'll find him there. That's the situation of so many people in the world today, is they've never even heard the name of Jesus. But I have good news for you. That village today has the gospel because of Faith Bible Chapel. Those children today are being educated. They're being given health and hygiene training because of you, because of the missions program of this church. That is an awesome thing. You are a part of reaching all across the world as you are committed to this missions program because Faith Bible Chapel has stood with Telesia Ministries and with me and with many others and many of us, our people are sitting, our missionaries are sitting right here today. I just want to honor some of the people that are here that have invested in my life. Um, Ken and Doris Urban, would you please stand? This is one of my spiritual parents. And they have stood with me through the times when I wanted to give up. And that tells you something. They are, they are cornerstones in everything that we're doing. Peter and Linda Warren, YWAM Denver. Would you stand, Linda? YWAM provided the basis and the environment in which God was able to speak to me and send me into dark places. Now, our message today is called Treasures in Dark Places. Um, and it's based a little bit on... The book, okay, this is my story, Treasures in Dark Places, One Woman, a Supernatural God, and a Mission to the Toughest Part of India. You can get this out there. There's a table out there with a big sign that says, Tell Asia Ministries, and you can get this book on your way out. Um, it has been said that this is the best book, this one lady said, it's the best book I've read since The Hiding Place. Uh, so that's saying something. This is uh, a, a classic in the making. <laughs> Who wants this right now? This is the a miraculous story. I saw a hand go up right there. Young person, uh, young man with glasses, your hand went up first that, that I saw. Yay, give him a hand. Woo! Okay. Now, we have a map, if we've got that up, of Faith Bible Chapel missions all over the world. I don't know if we, um, there it is. You are a part of way more than just those points in that map. But that is just an example of, all the, of some of the things you're a part of um, all over the world. Just your having helped YWAM Denver get started years ago. Uh, that was young people all over the world bringing the gospel. Having helped Tell Asia Ministries, the organization I founded, is resulting in, by the way, it's up to, we're over a million new believers now. Um, in some of the toughest areas of Asia. Thank you. Um, but you, God is using you for that. See, we couldn't be doing it without you. Missions going into the darkest places of the world is not as much about you physically going there. It's about you, as Pastor Jason said, sending 
those who are called to go. And then together as a team, we make it happen. And awesome things happen. In fact, the strategies the Lord gave me to bring the gospel to the toughest parts of the world really has a lot to do with sending those key people that God has raised up to be the face and the hands on the face in the field. Um, now, I, I was actually a horse trainer. Uh, I was going to be f spend my whole life training horses and doing campus ministry. However, God broke in on my life very dramatically, 1992 in YWAM Denver, right over here. And I was, I mean, we were just relaxing this one evening. We'd, class was over with, and we were having some popcorn and pizza, and we're what, getting ready to watch a movie. And all of a sudden, the power of God just came all over me. And I'm like, whoa, God wants to say something to me. I don't know what it is. I'm like, well, there's something in that pizza more than pepperoni. <laughs> and then and I ran out of the room, and I got my Bible. I said, God, what do you want to say? And the Lord said, I'm sending you to the unreached nations. And I'm like, whoa, I never thought about that. And, of course, they teach us in YWAM. As soon as you hear something, woo, woo, weird stuff from God, it's like, uh-oh, is that really you, God? Or is that, you know... <laughs> So I said, is that really you, God? And the Lord gave me a scripture. And he said, turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, start at verse 24. I'm like, oh, Ezekiel, uh, have I ever read that book in the Bible? Uh, where's Ezekiel? And so I opened it up, and it says, I'm calling my people out of a land of idolatry. I'm taking away the stony heart and giving them. And God said, I'm sending you to an idolatrous nation to bring my people out. And that was a point when I said, oh, when he, what idolatrous nation are you sending me to? And, 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 I, and I said, anywhere but India. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, don't say that to God. Don't tell God what you won't do for him, okay? Lesson number one. Because the next thing I heard is start in India. Now, from that moment, I had a passion for India. I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to go to India. And see, that's the, that's the goodness of our God. When you are willing to give up everything for him, when you are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me, he will put the joy and the passion in your heart. Now, see, because, see, God's, the grand plot, here's our number one on your fill, fill out in the blanks today. The grand plot of the entire Bible is God's mission to redeem his creation. That's the whole purpose, the whole passion in God's heart is the people out there that don't know him. The people in the darkest, most difficult places that never have, have no one to bring the gospel. That's his heart is beating for those people. And you know, sometimes we think, man, my life, my Christian life's kind of boring. I mean, we see all of the fun things happen in the Bible, all those miracles. And why is that not happening in my life? Well, I'll tell you why. We surround ourselves with our Christian group, and we all stay in the nice areas of town, and we just keep ourselves in the nice, air, nice things, and we don't step out in faith for God. It's when you step into the dark places. That's when the power of God 
can move through you to bring life, to bring healing, to bring transformation into those places. When we will step out of the comfort zone and we will step out of the known and we will step out of that which we can do with our own faculties, now we step into the realm of the miraculous. And the God of miracles is waiting to do miracles through us in the dark places. Hallelujah. Woo. Today is your opportunity to enter the adventure of stepping into the dark places with God to bring his love to people who don't know him yet. And this is the time. You don't have to go get on an airplane. You don't have to leave. You're going to do it today. Some of you are not yet on board with, a, with FBC's missions program. This is the day when you have an opportunity to enter the adventure of transforming dark places with his light. And so as we will join him in his mission to redeem the world, our life will become a series of adventures. Um, even just today, I mean, there's a, I have a slide up there if they can find it with me with a couple of ladies. I just came back from Nepal just two days ago, and we've been bringing solar lights into the remote villages up there. When, but today, this morning, I got up and my native leader from Nepal calls me up, and he says, we tried to ship a, a bunch, load of Bibles up to the Tibet border, but the the police of the, of the border area there stopped the truck about halfway because they don't allow the Bibles. They know that's the gospel, and it's very heavy Buddhist area up there. And so they, they confiscated the Bibles, and then my native leader jumped on his bike and went out there, motorcycle that is, um, went out there and got them out of custody and was able to bring back the Bibles. Now we have to take them by hand on the truck uh, with, accompanied by our native leaders and we'll eventually get these Bibles to Christians up there that have not ever had a Bible in their life. <laughs> Invading dark places with God is a constant adventure. By the way, we can, if you want more stories like this, before you go out today, stop at my table out there and sign up for our email newsletter. You will get more stories like these uh, live coming right off, right out of the mission field. Number two on your sheet, God's heart is breaking for those who what, have never heard the gospel. They are chained in darkness. Now, if we were to look at both the life of Jesus and Paul, both of them were com compelled to go to the people who hadn't heard the gospel yet. And they were going to, Jesus said, I must preach the good news to the, of the kingdom to the other towns. Okay, and, and Paul, of course, said, my aim is to preach the gospel where Jesus has not yet been named. This should be our passion. This is missions. This is what it's about, taking the gospel to the unreached places, that are the darkest places that haven't heard about Christ yet. Redemption is God's business. 
We look at the parable of the talents and we think, oh, that's just about money. It's not just about money. That is also about how God wants us to invest strategically in his kingdom. And so it's about God's business. God wants missions to be done, but he wants it to be done strategically. And just like a business, it requires risk and sacrifice. Now, see, when the Lord spoke to me to go to northern India, I had to call up my dad. It was confirmed so clearly in three days. I had to call up my dad. I said, Dad, sell the horse facility. My dad had been building me this grand equestrian facility for my college graduation. He was an aeronautical genius, had built the first man-powered flapping wing aircraft, but had never got a chance to prove it. He was going to fly it over the Grand Canyon, but never got a chance. And so he gave up his own dream and had spent five years of his life with his own hands building this grand horse facility. And I had to call up my dad and say, Dad, sell the horse facility. I'm not coming back to train horses. I'm going to India. And that was the, big, the toughest thing I ever did in my life because my dad hung up the phone on me. And we were very close. I was only child. Close Italian family. And, and I knew I broke my dad's heart, but do you know? You can never outgive God. Because from that point, my dad realized that God must be real. He gave his life to Jesus some years later and became more proud of me serving humanity than I ever was of serving horses. Amen. You cannot outgive God. If you are willing to say yes to God when he asks you to make a sacrifice for him or when he asks you to take a risk for him, that is the pathway to the adventure. Because as you will step out and you will say, even he'll show you only one step, he won't show you the whole route. Because if he showed you the whole thing, you'd freak out because it's too hard. He shows you one step and you have to obey that one step. And then he takes you the next step. And you're walking in the adventure with God. And the miraculous is flowing in your life. But you have to be ready for risk and sacrifice. Then he gave me a dream three nights in a row. I saw the Himalaya mountains and the Ganges River and the demonic powers ruling, holding the people in bondage for that whole South Asia area from that northern territory. Then I began to study and found out 35% of global human trafficking is called the poisonous hub of sex trafficking for whole of Asia. And only 0.1% Christian. It was called the graveyard of Christianity. And so this was a great stronghold area. God was giving me strategy to release one-fifth of the world population into his kingdom. Hallelujah. So if we will listen to God... God wants to lead you today into one of those missionaries on that, on that flyer you've received. Those are strategic works. Every one of those is strategic. They've been vetted. And those are ones that you have to just say, God, how, how am I going to help one of these? Or many, maybe more than one. And you got to get inv into the adventure of taking the gospel into dark places. That is the calling and the purpose for which we are here on this planet. Um, now, as I began to go over there and started in 1996, I got on the plane with a one-way ticket 
people were telling me, you're crazy. You can't just go to northern India. See, the Lord said, don't join a mission group. I, I had begun with YWAM, but then the Lord said, I'm going to show you something different. I want to show you a strategy. I had no idea what God's going to do. And, and, and he said, just go over there and live with the native people. So when I stepped on the plane in September 1996, I literally felt like a living sacrifice. I had written my will for my parents to find. The horse facility was gone. The horses were gone. I had given up everything. And I stepped on the plane. Everyone was telling me, you're going to die over there. I wrote my will for my parents to find because I was so convinced I was going on a death mission. When I got there to northern India, I began living with the native people and living at the same level as they did, drinking the dirty water coming out of the open wells, sleeping on a mat on the floor with my mice and roaches running over my body at night. I got so sick, I went down to 70 pounds. Well, I'm only 95 to begin with, but still, that's, <laughs> that's significant. So, but I, I lived with them at this level that they lived. And they saw the love of Jesus. And they gave me a name. They said, we're not going to call you Leanna. We're going to call you Jyoti. That means light in their language. Why? Because he said, you brought, they said, you brought light into our darkness. You demonstrated the love of Christ. Every one of us. Amen. You have an opportunity today to demonstrate the love of Christ in your local community and also right here through the missions of Faith Bible. God is getting ready to use you powerfully. And so he showed me to, to go with strategy, that there's a strategy that we are to have to bring the gospel to these very unreached areas. The strategy he showed me was to raise up the native people to reach their own people. And so all of the time that I had been, I, everything I had understood about missions was me, white face. I need to go out in the, in the village and share the gospel. Um, but now the Lord said, he, as he, I, was, I was with these native people. I saw, oh, the native people are so effective in their own native dialect and their own native way. And the Lord said, you are to be a servant of those people and raise them up to reach their own. And that is when we founded Asia Ministries. That is why we've seen massive, massive results because of the native people multiplying training leaders. I go over there, I train leaders, I equip them, and I send them into their own mission fields. Indigenous people reaching their own. They're the true heroes. Many of the mission works of faith you, that you support are working through native people. You're about to see a video clip right now of one of the examples of the heroes that you are supporting. This is one of our pastors, a reenactment of the persecution that these native pastors and leaders face in these unreached nations. If we can start that a little further ahead of where you did last time, we'd, it'd uh, be good. ...is an everyday experience. Hey, 
Each day, in villages and cities across northern India, young pastors like this one are risking everything to plant underground house churches. Usually equipped with a bicycle or small motorcycle, and holding church services under tattered makeshift roofs, these modern-day apostles are carrying the gospel forth in the most meager of circumstances. But people here are not concerned with the color of the church carpet. Walking from miles away, villagers gather in surprising numbers to be together, to worship together. Many women face abuse from husbands who don't want their wives and children leaving the religious traditions. Yet their craving for truth, love, and freedom bid them go. Against the threat of persecution, these believers don't hold back. They don't know when the day will come, but for many, it will come. While this is a reenactment, it is a reality for anyone preaching the gospel in North India. Persecutors usually target the leaders, inflicting enough damage to make it hurt, yet little enough so as not to draw attention from the authorities. The question for the pastors, then, is whether to continue making disciples, and it's one they don't take lightly. This year we had over 60 pastors beaten up or thrown in jail. Um, India is now the 11th most persecuted nation in the world, so we really appreciate your prayers for all the persecuted areas of the world. I know a lot of the faith missionaries are working in tough, tough areas, um, but these are the true heroes, and you're a part of this adventure of taking the gospel into these tough areas through people like this. We're seeing transformation happen all across northern India, Nepal, and now moving into other nations. Um, and I'm going to skip some of the stuff I was going to say about about us because I need to move move on here. And uh, not quite sure on my timing here. Now, number four. Um, as an ambassador of Christ, I am on an adventure to rescue treasures out of darkness into his light. You are an ambassador of the king, and he has empowered you and equipped you with power and love to disciple nations. Okay, I've got a story for you. I think we have time for a story, and, um, and, but I'm going to give you a different one than the, more, than the early group got because you're going to enjoy this one. Okay, uh, because you have 
the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have the love of Christ. If you have the love of Christ in you, that love is going to compel you to do something for the people that he loves. He's going to compel you out of the comfort zone. It's going to compel you to take risks and sacrifice and to go into the dark places, whether you do that physically or whether you enable somebody else to go there. And so when we have the love of Christ in us, we are going to move into that adventure. It's going to compel us into it. And as we enter that, the power of the Holy Spirit works through us. The power of the Holy Spirit for provision and the power of the Spirit for the miraculous. Now, when I was uh, first started in northern India, I was going along the Ganges River walking and praying. And then the Lord said, I want you to start worshiping me. I want you to start worshiping Jesus in the same place where all the idol worship is going on, where all the witch doctors are, where all the people are are bound in so much darkness and he's just start worshiping Jesus and I'm like oh that's cool um but nobody else none of the other missionaries in town were doing that um and so I said well maybe somebody will come with me nobody would come with me finally I said okay I guess I have to obey God I got my guitar I went down along the river and I sat down I started to worship Jesus in the native language right in between the idol temples and I thought, okay, and I had a bag full of tracts, and I thought, oh, this is kind of crazy. Maybe everybody's going to come and attack me, and I was a little scared. Well, everybody gathered around, and they're listening, and they're like, and in between songs, I could hear them muttering and talking to each other. I was starting to understand a little of the native language, and I could hear them saying, they're, they're commenting on the lyrics of my song, because my song said, for me, he died. For me, he was buried. For me, he rose again. Jesus is Lord. And this, what God died for my sin? And what God rose up from the dead? We never heard about a God that did that. And they were so open. Their hearts were open. They wanted the gospel. They took a track. They go off reading. I was like, this is cool. This is easy. Well, one day I went down and I was doing my song. Every day I would sit at a different place. And this particular day, I sat down at a different place and I started my song and nobody came. The people were standing far away watching, but they weren't coming near. And then I looked to my side, and here it turns out I had sat down next to this small temporary hut that had been built for the chief witch doctor. And so the chief witch doctor from the mountains had come down. Everybody is terrified of this guy. He has black magic power. And he is coming out of his ashram. Now this witch doctor is so filled with the demonic powers that he has decided he will try to emulate the demon of death. And so he has decided to not, he wears no clothes. Only thing he had on was a loincloth and some beads. But he had bathed his body in the ashes of the dead bodies in the cremation fires. And so his whole body was caked with white ash. He looked like death. And his eyes were these black pits of 
death, just death. It was like there was holes in his head that would look like eyes. There was not like no eyeballs. It was, he was so demonic. He's coming at me, and he's holding in his hand a weapon. It's a three-pronged weapon. Um, it looks like a pitchfork. A real one. And he's coming like this, crouched over, ready to leap on me, and he's coming at me. And I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) And so he's coming, and all of a sudden I noticed his lips were moving. And I realized he's cursing me in the name of his demons. All those people out there, they're waiting to see what's going to happen. And they're all waiting to see this little Christian keel over or something. I don't know what they expected I was supposed to do. But I wouldn't know I was going to wait till he got that close because he's got this pitchfork. And he's only about six feet away from me and he's coming at me. And you know the Bible says that in that moment God will give you what to say. Don't worry what to say, right? And so all of a sudden God changed my song. And I don't know what song I was singing, but I I looked right into those demon eyes. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the native language, I began to sing, Shakti He, He, Param Shakti He, Yeshu Kilahume. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Instantly, this guy stood straight. He stopped in his tracks. He stood straight up. His eyes got as big as saucers, and he turned around, and he ran back into his ashram. And all those people that were watching, they jumped up, they came running. Here's a wall of people are charging me. And I'm like, okay, he didn't kill me, they're going to kill me. (laughs) And they come charging, and they stop right before me, they grab my tracks. They ripped the bag, and their tracks are going all over the place. They're diving for the tracks because they wanted to know about the God that was more powerful than all the demons. That's the God you serve. Hallelujah. That's the God that all of you in the mission field serve. The mighty God to dispel darkness. The mighty God that is just waiting for us to say yes to him so he can flow through us, so he can do his mighty works through us. You know, he has a heart to reach all of those unreached places, but he says, how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they're sent? Today, you are the ones to send the people into the dark places that'll bring the message of Christ into those to those ends of the earth. You are equipped with his power and love to disciple nations, okay? You are also called to two mission fields, two mission fields, and one is your local mission field outside of the doors of this place, and every one of us is called to show the love of Christ to the people around us. But today, we're talking about the ends of the earth, and how we are called into the ends of the earth. And that is the cry of God. And we can reach the ends of the earth in many different ways. But first is prayer. We can go on a short-term mission trip, but remember, that's more for you. That's for you to get a vision for the mission work you're a part of so that we can then say, okay, now how can I help them a longer term? Pray, go, give. 
and gather. And I say gather is where you're, it's not just your finances, not just your prayers, but you are mobilizing other people and networking with others and saying, look at what I'm a part of. Look at what this work is doing in the toughest parts of the world. Why don't you be a part of it too? And so networking for the kingdom. How many of you are ready to be that hero? in the kingdom to be like this man we just saw being beaten up for the gospel message but we have a challenge in front of us to be a hero along with him today is the day that we can join the adventure the rescuing the treasures in the dark places hallelujah right now we have a strategy remember strategy is a part of it risk sacrifice strategy and we're saying to reach, to transform whole villages for the kingdom. There's three things. There's emancipation. Emancipation means we are rescuing people spiritually. We're, tra we're bringing, establishing the gospel, establishing the kingdom of God in that place. Number two, education for the children. See, those children I saw, told you in the beginning of the story of that village chief, those children are no longer wallowing in the dirt. Because we brought them education, we brought them health and hygiene training, and we brought anti-trafficking, rescue and rehabilitation. And then number three, economics. When we can bring vocational training and microfinance, we can see whole villages transformed. Even with the top two, emancipation and, and, and education, we've seen whole villages changed. Our vision and our goal in the next 10 years is to literally end child slavery, child trafficking along the northern border of India and Nepal. Please pray for us. I'm looking for helpers too, okay? If anybody feels led to, to, to wants to work with, uh, with me, with Telasia to reach, talk to us afterwards, write me an email. I need helpers too, okay? Um, now, the final conclusion here. If you have been touched and you feel this is your day to make a difference, your day to get on board with, with the ends of the earth, is the Lord stirring in your heart that you want to say, I'm making a difference and I am bringing light into dark places? We're going to pray now. And I want you to stand if you really are ready to make a commitment to the ends of the earth, to the Faith Bible Chapel missions program and missions works and missions trips and whatever the Lord's leading you, prayer, finance, whatever it is. If you are being moved, stand to your feet today. And we're going to pray special prayer for those of you that are feeling the move of the Spirit to commit. I'm challenging you to commit today and say, here am I, Lord. Send me into the adventure. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I thank you for each ambassador of your kingdom in this whole place, even also watching online, Lord. We pray for those that are watching online right now. And Lord, that are touched and that are moved, Lord, come Holy Spirit, anoint us for the mighty work ahead. Anoint us to enter the adventure. Oh Lord, I thank you for those that are standing, that they are ready to risk, they're ready to sacrifice, they're ready to say, here am I, Lord. Bless them, Holy Spirit, come, bless them. Every one of us in this room, everyone watching online, in Jesus' name, I declare a blessing 
and the power of the Spirit just to flow into your life right now, special anointing of your spirit of love and power to bring light into dark places. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.